Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team previews. Today's team, the Chicago Blackhawks. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at IAD Sports. Make sure that you check out our website down below, iadsports.com, for all of our team previews and NHL content. You can also check out all of our NHL content and team previews on our YouTube page. If you're here on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for all of our team previews coming up. We, As I, we talked about before, we are previewing all 32 teams leading up to the beginning of of the NHL season in October. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're currently one of our followers, thank you guys so much for following because we greatly value all of your support. Without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Uh, doing well. And here we are to preview the Chicago Blackhawks, a team that's, um, I guess trying to recapture some glory in a way, trying to go back to their prime days of 2010 and 2013 and 2015 and the like. Question is, will they be able to do it? That is the question. And we're going to be talking about that today at great length. So let's first talk about how they did last season. Here are some 2020 and 2021 team facts. So what was their record last year? The record last year was 24, 25, and 7. That's 24 wins to 25 losses to 7 overtime losses, which was good for 55 points. Unfortunately, finishing 6th in the Central Division last year. Power play and penalty kill-wise... Power play, they weren't too bad. On the power play, they were at 21.71%, which the league average on the power play was 19% last year. So not too shabby for the Chicago Blackhawks. But on the penalty kill, it was a different story where they had a, a 76.82% on the penalty kill. The league average is 79%, so they were below average on the penalty kill last year. Leading scorers for the Chicago Blackhawks last year were Patrick Kane with 66 points, Alex DeBrinkett with 56 points, and Dominic Kubalik with 38 points. So there was a bit of a drop-off between DeBrinkett and Kubalik. DeBrinkett with 56 points, Kubalik with 38 points. Now let's talk about some key additions and subtractions from this past offseason with the Chicago Blackhawks. We'll start with some additions, and they were big additions here for the Chicago Blackhawks. Coming to the team this offseason, we've got Marc-Andre Fleury, who won the Vezina Trophy this past year for being the best goaltender in the NHL. He had recently played with the Vegas Golden Knights before being dealt to Chicago for, let's just be honest, he got dealt for nothing. And other additions include Seth Jones, who was also signed to a long-term contract as well, Tyler Johnson, Caleb Jones, who was the brother of Seth Jones, who also came to the Chicago Blackhawks in the Duncan Keith trade, Jake McCabe and Jujar Kyra. And I'm so sorry for butchering that name. And I know I did, but it's fine. We'll get over it. Subtractions. As we talked about before, we had a couple people leave this team. Duncan Keith, Adam Boakfast, Brent Seabrook, Pius Suter, David Kampf, and Vinny Hinestroza. So with Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook, that is just the beginning of the 
dumping of the old Stanley Cup winning Chicago Blackhawks teams and will be sorely missed as members of the Chicago Blackhawks for sure. But now it's time to talk about some X-Factors. And no, we are not talking about EA Sports NHL 22 X-Factors. We're talking about our brand of X-Factors here. Who are going to be major contributors for the Chicago Blackhawks this year? Who is pivotal for the Chicago Blackhawks' success this year? Tom, as per usual, I've done enough talking here. So it's time to turn it over to you. Let's talk about who you think are X-Factors on the Chicago Blackhawks. One of my biggest ones and maybe one of the most obvious ones is Jonathan Taves. Uh, Captain Sirius, they once called him. I guess you could still call him Captain Sirius. He's returning, and despite the Blackhawks themselves trending downward over the last few years, he actually was trending upward when the Blackhawks were trending downward. He actually had his best statistical season in 2018 and 2019. So I'm curious to see how he comes back. You know, Will he be a step slower, or will he pick right up where he left off and be a huge catalyst with this team? Remember last year when we first started doing this podcast, we were um, reviewing playoff series and reviewing those short playing series, and he had a resurgence against the Edmonton Oilers in that 2020 bubble series. He looked like the Jonathan Taves of 2010, maybe even better than the Jonathan Taves of 2010. So I'm curious to see, will he hit the ground running or will it look like he's lost a step? That's a big one in my mind. Another one, Seth Jones. He was given a big deal. He's looked at to be the number one defenseman now. He's looked at to play on that number one D position, play on that top pair run the power play, run the penalty kill, be the top penalty-killing penalty killing defenseman. And he was given a huge deal. Thing is, I'm not so sure if Seth Jones is worth that kind of money. I'm not sure if Seth Jones is a Norris Trophy-caliber defenseman like Duncan Keith was 10 years ago. And that may hurt them in the long run, especially if he doesn't have a good year. And especially if what they're trying to do is kind of what I call like a a depth cleansing or a depth rebuild, something similar to what the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Boston Bruins did in the mid-2000s. Sort of cleaned out older players and star players, brought in cheaper young players. It's just the way the economic situation in the NHL is now. I was listening to an interview with Glenn Healy a few weeks ago, and that's on every GM's mind now. They're going to try to bring in young talent all the time to fill out your bottom spots. And it worked in Pittsburgh, and it worked in Boston. And Chicago's trying to do that now, too. But... The thing is, I'm not sure if Seth Jones is worth this. I'm really not sure. The last bit, a big X factor for me is Marc-Andre Fleury. He won the Bezina in Vegas last year, and Vegas basically did him dirty. The question with Fleury is this. It's where his mental state is. Is he going to be sitting there upset about what happened in Vegas, especially if Vegas has a good year? Is he going to be sitting there saying they gave up on me and maybe they were right to give up on me, and now I'm stuck here? Or will he come in? With that hunger, will he come in with that snarl and say, "I'm going to prove everybody wrong and I'm going to take this team places"? If he continue like if he continues like he did last year, watch out for a resurgence in Chicago this year. Those are my three. Yeah, and it's kind of ironic here because my X factors are not only the three players who did not play for the Chicago Blackhawks last year, but they're also the same three X factors that Tom had just mentioned. Which I'm just going to elaborate on my own spin of this. So first, I'm going to start off with Mark Andre Fleury since it's fresh on the mind. Uh, Chicago was practically given a Vesna winner this offseason. Like, let's that's no hyperbole. They were basically given Mark Andre Fleury from Vegas. Vegas just did away with him and did him dirty, as Tom said. And I agree. <laughs> that that was just it was awful the way that they treated him in that deal. Mark Andre Fleury, or a flower as a lot of people have come to affectionately call him, has aged like fine wine, and Chicago would be wise to not overuse him. I'm hoping that Kevin Lankinen, 
uh, gets a decent share of time to keep Marc-Andre Fleury fresh for bigger divisional matchups. I'm really kind of hoping for a 60-40 split between Marc-Andre Fleury and Kevin Lankinen, just because, unfortunately, the, the harsh truth is Marc-Andre Fleury isn't getting any younger. And Kevin Lankinen is a younger goaltender who I think is ready to contribute a little bit more to this team. So it would be wise for Chicago not to overutilize Marc-Andre Fleury and turn him into a bell cow. Next on my X-Factors list is Seth Jones. And Chicago paid a hefty toll for Jones' services, not only in the trade that brought over Jones, which they gave up Adam Bogfist as part of that deal, but they're also going to be paying him $9.5 million each year for those services for the next seven years. And Jones is expected to fill Duncan Keith's role, which is some really, really, really big shoes to fill in Chicago, especially with a lot of the history that Duncan Keith leaves behind. And I, I really hope Seth Jones is up to it. That's the, and we'll talk about more uh, when we get the variables, but I just hope he's up to it. Last is the captain, Jonathan Taves. Uh, And Taves missed the entire season last year due to an autoimmune disease, but he looks ready to return for a full season of NHL action. If he comes back without missing a beat, Chicago could be a very strong team in the Central Division this year. But it really does hinge on Jonathan Taves returning to form. Next, we're going to talk about some breakout candidates here. Who could be in line for a breakout season? Who hasn't quite had a breakout season yet? Tom, I think we have similar thoughts here as well. So I'm going to let you uh, lead off here. Who's your breakout candidate? Going with number 77 here, third overall draft pick in 2019, Mr. Kirby Dak. Per the projections here, he's been given that first-line spot, that first-line center spot. Had 10 points in 18 games last year. Had himself a nice little run in the bubble there, six points in nine games. And I think that what Dak did in the bubble was expected to translate into more success last year. The unfortunate part about it is this. He got injured at the World Junior Championships and really didn't play most most of the season until the end. So he only had 18 games last year, 10 points in 18 games. He's been projected to play on that top line with Patrick Kane and Alex Dabrinkat to hopefully feed them the puck and hopefully, you know, be like, uh, you know, how do I how do I put it? Just, you know, feed off of those guys. We saw the shades. Let's see if he could finally take that step this year. The 10 points in 18 games was good. Don't get me wrong, but it does need to get better. It does need to get better. Not saying he's a bust. Not saying he had a terrible season, but I'm saying that if he is going to be given that slot, he really he does need to improve on what he did. He does need to improve on what he did, but like I said, by all means, I'm not saying what he did was bad at all. Yeah, and it's funny because, once again, I've got the duplicate answer here. I mean, Chicago's pretty predictable in this case. So, yeah, it's Kirby Doc. And after an injury-shortened season last year, as Tom alluded to before, he was injured in the World Junior uh, Championship last year. It was a broken wrist that sidelined him last year. But Kirby Doc will look to improve on his point totals this year and finally show why he was picked number three overall two years ago. He had 10 points in just 18 games last year, plus he's got a full season coming up, lining up potentially with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrinkett. I think this is the year that Kirby Duck makes a case for why he could be a top 10 center in the league for years to come and why he could be one of the better centermen 
in the entire league for years to come. Now, we talked a little bit about it during the breakout candidate section when we were talking about Kirby Doc, but it's time to officially say what we think is the potential opening night lineup, which we got to preface it with this. Currently filming, it's the beginning of September right now, so a lot of things can change between now and October when the season does begin. So take it with a little bit of a grain of salt because things could change between now and then. But for now, let's talk about what this lineup could look like come October when the season does begin. So we're going to start off here with the first line, the top line of forwards. So we're going to be moving from left wing to center to right wing. So starting off on our top line, we've got Alex DeBrinkett, Kirby Doc, and Patrick Kane. Next on the second line, we've got Dominic Kubelink, Jonathan Taves, and Dylan Strom. Moving on to the third line, we've got Philip Kurashev, Henrik Borgstrom, and Tyler Johnson. And then moving on to the fourth line, we've got Brandon Hagel, Yuhar Kairov, which I think I finally got it right that time, and Ryan Carpenter. Moving on to the defense, on the top line of defense, we've got Calvin DeHaan with the newly acquired Seth Jones. On the second line of defense, we've got Jake McCabe and Connor Murphy, who just got a four-year deal. So he is extended with the Chicago Blackhawks for four more years. And then on the third line of defense, we've got Caleb Jones with Wyatt Kalinick. I think I might have butchered that one too, but it's fine. And moving on to the goaltending, we've got our starting goaltender, which is projected, of course, to be Marc-Andre Fleury with Kevin Lankinen serving as the backup goaltender this year for the Chicago Blackhawks. So, a lot to go over there in terms of the potential lineup. Maybe some room for movement as well between now and the beginning of the season. But it's time to talk about some variables. What are some things that could change between now and October? What are some things that could change between October and the end of the season? So, Tom, I'll start with you. What in your mind are some variables for the Chicago Blackhawks team? All right, I have some here. One of them I mentioned above I'm going to go back to again. It's the play of Seth Jones. He's going to be expected to play in all situations. He's your number one. He's on your number one defensive pair. He's going to be running that power play. He's going to be on your top penalty kill unit. He's going to be expected to play those big minutes for that contract he got. So you have to sit here and you have to hope they dumped Duncan Keith off, who was older. They dumped Brent Seabrook, who was just about done. They brought this guy in to sort of be that um, catalyst, that younger catalyst to, you know, hopefully lead a resurgence of this team. Every team has guys like that. You know, Pittsburgh had guys like, you know, Sheary and Gensel. Boston brought in guys like Charlie McAvoy and whatnot to be those young guys to, 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 to lead the resurgence of the team. Seth Jones is expected to be that guy in Chicago. So his play is going to be a big, big, big variable on where this team finishes. I mentioned the play. I mentioned Kirby Doc above, um, but other guys too. You're gonna need a, You're gonna need a, an improvement. You're gonna need a bigger year of the Brinkett. You're gonna need a bigger year of Kubalik. You know, you still have your old stalwarts and Taves and Kane. But one thing to remember is Taves and Kane are now both going on 34 years old. They're not the players that. Well, I mean, they're not the players they once were. Kane is still pretty elite, and Taves has gotten better. But at the same time, I don't think those are two guys who you can just ask to put the team on their back and take it. They don't have those guys, those elite players anymore, like Patrick Sharp and Marion Hosa to back them up. So you're going to need performances that guys like Hosa and Sharp will put in from the guys that I mentioned, like Doc, the Brinkat, and Kubalik. I do like what they did with the depth, too. Tyler Johnson proved last year in Tampa that he can still play the game. 
He kind of had a flashback to the 2015 playoff Tyler Johnson. He had a great finals, and you got to just hope he can build that, and you got to hope he can be, you know, that bottom six guy who when his line gets out there, he can he can score some goals. He can, you know, make some things happen. And I'm still surprised as hell that he's even in Chicago. I still can't figure out how he's not in Seattle because he's from he's from that area. But that's a story for another day. We've already alluded to that before. But those are my variables on my end. Pretty honest take there. And for me, a couple variables come to mind as well. And I don't like to be critical here, but I'm going to be for a couple seconds. To me, and this is just a bold take on my part, take it for what you will. Chicago fans, please don't eviscerate me for this, but this is just me from the outside looking in. This is a two-line team on paper. That bottom six might be one of the weakest bottom sixes in the entire NHL on paper at the moment. When it comes time to actually play the games, it might not be the case. But on paper right now, that has got to be one of the weakest bottom sixes in hockey. I think I could eat my words towards the middle of the season, but the top six is going to have to put in a lot of work this year. Plus, will Jonathan Tabes come back better than ever? Will Marc-Andre Fleury have another Vezina caliber season? Will Seth Jones have a first year on a big contract-like hangover? All of these things are going to be interesting things to watch this year for sure. And I think there's going to be a lot of pressure put on Marc-Andre Fleury, a lot of pressure put on Seth Jones especially, and some decent pressure put on Jonathan Taves to come back to form, especially with the potential of maybe even making the playoffs this year when nobody really thought that Chicago really was as of a year ago. A lot of people kind of thought that maybe Chicago was going to be on the way out, maybe starting to rebuild, and now all of a sudden it seems like they've retooled and are maybe primed to maybe make that jump towards the playoffs again. But perfect segue into our question of the day to wrap things up for today. And our question of the day is the same as always. Where do the Chicago Blackhawks finish in the Central Division this year? Tom, let's start with you. Where do you predict that the Chicago Blackhawks are going to finish in the Central Division this year? Now, I alluded I allude back to what I said before about depth rebuilds in terms of, um, you know, what Pittsburgh and Boston had done, you know, bringing guys in to uh, fill out their depth, the younger guys, cheaper options. And those teams, you know, had their resurgences. Pittsburgh got two cups in a row out of the deal. Boston got a cup robbed from them, but they still got to the finals and they still had some really good seasons. And this year they still may be a very good team. But the biggest difference here with those two guys and with Chicago is this. At the time, the top players in Boston, guys like Bergeron and the top players in Pittsburgh, guys like Crosby and Malkin, were late 20s and early 30s. So they still knew they had time to, you know, do a little bit of a depth rebuild and get themselves back into contending status. The unfortunate part about this is I think it's too little too late with Taves and Kane. They're both going on 30, on 34 years old. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think that they're, they're still good players. Uh, Kane is still very much an elite player until – He's not anymore until I find a reason to say that he's not, until everyone finds a reason to say that he's not. Taves is more of a question mark because he took a year off. But I think it's too little too late. I don't see this team being a Stanley Cup contender. I don't see them, you know, following in the past of the teams like the Bruins and the Penguins where, you know, all of a sudden they go from being a lion in the weeds team to a contender again. Third to fifth, maybe. Second, if, you know, if all goes right and maybe there's problems elsewhere in cities like Dallas and St. Louis and Minnesota. But this team is not a Stanley Cup contender right now. I'm sorry. They're just not. So this one for me was pretty tough to peg. Because to be honest, the Central 
is not as weak as a lot of people think. I think it's a lot stronger than a lot of people think it's a division. Are they a top division in the league? No, they're not. There's one or two other divisions, the Atlantic and the Metropolitan, that I think are stronger. But that being said, the Central is no slouch. Chicago could be a team that just misses out on a playoff spot. But if everything clicks, they could slide into the playoffs. So I'm going to conservatively say right now that the Chicago Blackhawks are going to finish fifth in the in the uh, Central Division. They're going to be just outside of the playoffs. But it honestly, it honestly, I just would not be that shocked if they finish higher. If everything clicks, I think a lot of good things could happen for Chicago this year. But what do you guys think? Do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree with our takes? Make sure you join the conversation down below. Comment down below. Let us know. And while you're there, drop a like and follow for all of our team previews coming up. Because, hey, you might not necessarily be a Chicago Blackhawks fan, but we are going to be covering all 32 NHL teams leading up to the beginning of the season in October. So, inevitably, at some point, we're going to talk about your favorite team, and we want you guys to join the conversation when we do. But where else can you find our content besides YouTube? Glad you asked. You can also find our content down below at iadsports.com, where not only can you find our NHL team previews and our NHL content there, you can also find our NFL, MLS, NCAA football, and NBA content there as well. And with the NFL season starting, you definitely want to make sure to check out all the NFL videos coming up for all of your fantasy football needs. And if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. If you're already currently following us, thank you guys so much for all of your support because we greatly value all of your support. Without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. But it's time to step aside here from the Chicago Blackhawks. It's time to move on to another team. I'm Brian. He's Tom. This has been our Chicago Blackhawks 2021-2022 team preview.